Welcome to The Perspectivalist. Our agenda is to offer perspective of the world that allows you to think more clearly as a Christian. We want the normativity of the scriptures to be the starting point of all our labors, everything we do. Uh, thanks for the conversation. This is a season four, episode 11, and I'm your host, uh, Yuri Brito. Uh, today I have with me an acquaintance of mine, which is becoming uh, closer and closer to a friend, Marcus Pittman. And I've known of Marcus for a long time. I've known of all his uh, happy shenanigans in the media world. I've seen him do interviews with the Apologia guys. I've seen him invested in all sorts of social media enterprises. And I've just seen him have dominion over areas where I think Christians have relegated to paganism and secularism. And I'm so grateful to have him on the show. I saw him and met him face-to-face for the first time in Moscow, Idaho, a few days ago. So, uh, Marcus, welcome to The Perspectivalist. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Um, I, I want to talk a lot about Lord TV, which is um, a wonderful endeavor of which you are the CEO and founder. But I want to begin with a topic that um, has sort of caught the national media attention in the last few days. And it's a topic that you, you wouldn't think is happening, but it's becoming somewhat prolific in the media. And you're getting all these sort of Appalachian uh, country style redneck celebrities emerging from the woods of North Carolina. In this case, I believe he's in Denver somewhere. This uh, redheaded fellow by the name of Oliver Anthony, who published this uh, unique little piece, which is not uncommon today. Uh, people, all they need is a a decent uh, microphone and have some basic instrumental um, capabilities to publish something. But this fella published this piece called Rich Man North of Richmond, and he recorded it with a couple of animals in the background, sort of a distinct environmental feeling to it, a lovely uh, guitar in the background. And he just shook the world and he has received um, probably the praise of one of the most instrumental and uh, well-known figures in society today, which is uh, Joe Rogan, who spoke very highly of Oliver Anthony. So w- what do you make of the success of a man who is a man among many, what his success in challenging the elites in D.C. today? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fantastic. Um, I think like history has sort of shown that once the artists uh, start making content that resonates with the people outside of like the political elite system or the approved propaganda, you know, of Hollywood or whatever, that's really where you start to see reformation. Um, you know, Martin Luther, um, you know, if you can read the book brand Luther, you can really see how Luther used art and music and stuff to really reach the common people. And then, you know, this goes to our early, um, hymns here in uh in in pre-revolutionary war america um the black robe regiment and the stuff they did with the arts and then you know it goes to uh jazz musicians and uh i would even say i think we've forgotten about it but reformed hip-hop was completely independent uh prior to the music labels getting a hold of it mm-hmm. um so but it actually started because there wasn't an industry for it. Um, there was nowhere for reformed Christian hip hop really uh, to be played. Uh, they they weren't playing. The, you know, Kalev had a problem because people were calling into Kalev asking to play Lecrae's music, 
And they're like, well, this is a praise and worship channel. (laughs) And, and so they had to start new radio stations to be able to really control it. I think that was probably, I mean, obviously the main thing. And then, um, you know, then they got purchased and, you know, by major labels and stuff. And you haven't heard much from them since Right, right. (laughs) they, uh, they sort of put a muzzle on it. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, uh, but no, I think, you know, you see independent music uh, and independent art um, in general is really wh- like where the Reformation and Revival happens once that gets going and out there. So so, so this guy was able to uh, shake up a lot of a lot of the industry. I, I uh, suspect he's receiving a lot of uh, proposals today, but someone pointed out to me that it's probably much better that he sort of continues the in the independent uh, strike rather than um, attach himself or leash himself or shackle himself to some kind of a major uh, music corporation. What trends have you seen this trend fairly consistently in these last uh, five, 10 years in the sort of the media world where people have had a, an increasing amount of success? Um, taking their gifts in an independent route rather than submitting to uh, institutional uh, shackles. Uh, I, I think one of the best, probably the most well-known examples of that is uh, a guy by the, a rapper by the name of Tom McDonald mm. um, on YouTube, who's got uh, probably I think several million subscribers now, and every time he drops a single, um, it's like number one um, on on iTunes or, or wherever. Uh, and, and and he is very specifically not gone the route of the record labels um, mm-hmm. so that he's not controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because because all these major organizations, everything from Netflix and Disney, and they're, they're all run by uh, major like organizations like stock uh, like BlackRock. Right. So mm-hmm. they're they're basically government controlled uh, to some degree or they're, you know, BlackRock's obviously use, using their capital to push leftist uh content um and and so you know i think the strategy now is really how do we as christians empower independent artists mm-hmm. and you empower them two ways well three ways that one you give them freedom mm-hmm. uh but two you also give them funding and distribution um so those are those are the three things an artist needs freedom funding and distribution um, and that's sort of, I mean, that's what we're doing with Lore is basically creating the technology to really be able to uh, continue that um, and, and, and to get artist names out there at an independent level. Because we all want, we all look and see, we see what Daily Wire does right. with a hundred, they have a hundred million dollars that they got to build in this entertainment company or whatever. One, um, I don't trust entertainment that is from the approval of politicians. Yeah. Um, that just makes all the artists court jesters. Yes. Um, and, 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 and so, so I, I, like, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work well in the long run. Um, and so what we're trying to do is really create just a free market, um, uh, for artists to make content, um, that offends people mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that blesses people. Um, and, and, and so, but we have to have both. Um, and, uh, I don't think the politicians are good at making content, uh, that offends people, um, uh, especially offends them themselves. Right. So, 
um that's why i think what we're doing with lore is really important and uh that's why we give our artists ownership of their ip um we give them uh the freedom as much as humanly possible to be able to make stories uh that they can pass down to their grandchildren literally um have the ownership of the story once they're done with lore you know to be able to own their content so Right, so we, we live in a, in, a, in a humorless society, a society where uh, stand-up comedians, the ones who do survive, end up becoming the true storytellers of society. And we also live in a, a culture where stories are uh, befuddling, they're nonsensical, they don't provide cohesiveness in any worldview, they're just uh, random fragments attempting to uh, put together a whole, right? And so Lord TV comes along, and sees the kind of of mess and chaos of your standard uh, your standard media organizations, your standard um, uh, you know movie industry. What does Lore TV offer that's very unique in the area of storytelling? Yeah. So, so one of the things that's really important is within the faith based film industry, there's no freedom for an artist to fail. Uh -huh. um, and we've sort of accepted this idea. I mean, you can see, I mean, there was a post today. I don't know if you saw it by one guy from the, that went to the master seminary or whatever. And he was complaining that Oliver Anthony has, has, has uh, cuss words and blasphemy um, in his song. Um, and, and he's disturbed that he's reading the Bible <laughs> <laughs> because he, he has, his song has cuss words in it. Um, uh, but I, he also said that was blasphemy in it, but I went through the lyrics. I didn't see anything that was blasphemous yeah. at all in it. Uh, but anyway, so, so, uh, so you have this artist who I guess by all counts is a new Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, and he makes a song and God blesses it. Mm -hmm. Um, even though it has cuss words in it and it offends people. Mm -hmm. And the response is how dare he read an imprecatory imprecatory psalm <laughs> <laughs> if he cusses it right and so, and and so we've created this like environment where artists can't fail they're mm -hmm. like you like you have to be very sterile in everything you do and everything you present and if he wants to make an artistic song where he's legitimately expressing anger at evil men um in modern language uh we we rebuke that and say, please don't read the Bible. Yes. <laughs> Publicly, if you're going to do that, it's outrageous. Um, but this transcends not just to music, uh, comedians, right? So a Christian comedian uh, really only has uh, two places to perform, and that's the church or the comedy clubs. Mm -hmm. um that's that's all they have and 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 the best comedians are not going to be performing in the church mm -hmm. uh you know one of uh the who's one emilio martinez is a guy doing a show with us um he's a brilliant comedy writer he worked with bob odenkirk and uh, janine garofalo before wow. he's christian one of the some of the, one of the top some of the top comedians uh he did improv and sketch comedy with and he said you know i can be uh, uh, a clean, a clean comedian and cease to be a Christian or I can be a Christian and cease to be a clean comedian. Right. Um, and he, uh, you know, uh, told me the story. I won't go into all the details of it, but basically I was performing, uh, and, and he was basically threatened to be fired because he told a gay joke. Uh, that was a good gay joke. 
uh, and it was and it and it, it showed the evilness of homosexuality um and it didn't approve of it but it couldn't be done within a clean comic setting um and he's like if i'm gonna be a christian comic i have to expose evil like that's what you use comedy for um you know and you know and and and, and our culture doesn't want that you know we made some memes just recently a great example of that is we we made memes that said unsubscribe from only fans and get a free seven day trial right or or uh uh, stop beating your wife and get a free seven day trial to yeah. lore TV. And the, and the premise is uh, just stop, just get something better than your sin. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like that's the, but people got so mad about it, like so offended. Um, and I guess they thought we would cave and, 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 and we're like, we're not going to cave to the mob mentality uh, that doesn't want to be offended because then our artists don't have the freedom to offend anymore. Mm hmm. And the artists are the ones that's going to bring in the audience, not our silly little marketing campaigns uh, that we post on Facebook, right? right? So, like, so the the true value is freeing up the artists to be able to tell what they want, and 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 teaching the consumers um, that their their Pharisaical views of entertainment and arts is uh, not it's not a biblical view. Right. So now you now you have Christians without the constraints of the um the kind of very limited market that wants to impose uh checklists of things you ought to say, ought not to say. Right. You have Christians who are not just your standard evangelical Christians, but these are committed Christians with with a worldview that has a backbone. Or sometimes now, they're just new Christians. They're new Christians. Okay. So but now yeah. they're they're telling stories and what what was the birthing of that um, of that thought process? I mean, obviously the idea is uh, fairly coherent, but what was the birth process? Was there a an aha moment when you said the industry is collapsing? Something needs to be birthed out of this chaos. Yeah. So I was head of video production for the agency that did all of PureFlix's marketing. Okay. Um, and I was told to basically go through the movie trailers take out any guns or excess violence that are in the movie trailers and then repurpose them to put them on the PureFlix website. Um, and that was just so insane to me, but the, but the truth is they were marketing the 35 year old women. Mm. Um, and uh, the reason they did that, by the way, they're not the only ones that do that because movies, books, and music are all marketed towards the, 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 the target shopper, of Lifeway Christian bookstores, which is a 35 year old woman soccer mom. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so they were marketing the 35 year olds, but mainly getting 65 year olds, uh, that signed up. Um, and, um, uh, so basically our entire Christian enter entertainment industry, I realized was for women. So it was very effeminate, very female driven. That's why Christian movies are not much different than, uh hallmark rom-coms mm -hmm. um right so they all have the same general tone and feel um you know even the kendrick's brothers movies um who are pretty good and and and, and are are supposedly for men are more towards uh getting the women to take their husbands to the theater yeah. than they are for the the husbands to take their wives to the theater yeah um and and so so because everything is geared towards how do we get the dvd sales at lifeway christian bookstore and that's where you go through the women to do that but those bookstores don't exist anymore 
Um, and the men are the ones that are in charge of the streaming platforms um, in their home. Uh, men are in charge of the living room, um, overwhelmingly so. Um, so much so, Discovery Plus, when they launched this huge marketing campaign for HGTV, and uh, they still had more men sign up for H for Discovery Plus because of Deadliest Catch and Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe and Gold Rush and all those other right. right? So, so, um, so the the target market for streaming is definitely men, um, and so we knew that we're up against this massive industry. Um, that is only targeting one ideal demographic. So we had to think, and a part of this is looking back at history. Okay, how are major entertainment brands built? Mm -hmm. um, and every one of them, overwhelmingly, this is one thing that I would just do, I've done for many years, well before lore, was just read like business biographies, right? So mm -hmm. Steve Jobs, Jim Henson, uh, the history of MTV, history of Saturday Night Live, like all these, all these crazy books. But overwhelmingly, the theme through all of them was that the artists, when they're set free, they're the ones that create these massive media brands. Mm. Um, and then, as those media brands get acquired by bigger brands, then they get safer and they could more controlling of the artists, right? But that's how MTV got started in the '80s. Um, that's how uh, HBO got started. Um, that's how uh, Cartoon Network, adult, more specifically Adult Swim, mm -hmm. uh, really built Cartoon Network. Um, it was the experimental cartoons that they would do. Um, but it was basically in all these instances um, of forming niche streaming content, the artists were given freedom to make what they want. Um, and, and when we say freedom, we're not talking about uh uh, what they the left did right the left takes freedom and goes towards uh crude licentiousness right um uh but when a christian is freed uh that's not the direction they go <laughs> you know so it's like i think it's it was it the augustine quote that says love god and do what you want yeah um so that's what we tell artists he's like just love god make what you want um and and and, and just believe uh that the gospel's work and that individual is going to restrain them um, uh, if not, uh, if they're not in, and if they're not a Christian, uh, then, uh, the, the, we found that talking to people who are really aren't Christians, uh, they don't want to make movies with nudity in them. Right. <laughs> they actually have really good stories. They want to tell, even if they're not Christians, uh, that are consistent with a Christian worldview, uh, but Hollywood won't let them make it. Right. Um, so, so I, I think that when lore, uh, really gets to scale and we're funding content every week, uh, we're really going to be disruptive towards a lot of the Hollywood film industry um, in that sense because of our lack of control on the content. Yeah, well, may it be so, man. May it be so. How can folks now uh, listening and uh, watching this podcast, how can they get involved in, in this endeavor, which has been uh, in, in many ways has been endorsed by guys like Eric Metaxas from the Eric Metaxas show and, and others who are really thrilled to see this kind of new work emerge in this, in this field. How can folks uh, get involved at the practical level? Yeah. Well, first I explain how it works because we're different than a streaming platform. Okay. The main thing we're doing is uh, we're funding artists as content. Um, so basically you subscribe to lore um, L O O R dot TV 
And then with your monthly subscription, you get to allocate your monthly subscription into funding project every week. So the more subscribers we have, the more that's in the pool to fund content um, every week and the bigger projects and stuff we can fund. So right now, a lot of our projects are cartoon shows, uh, uh, short, uh, like like uh, lower cost documentaries, low budget stuff. We're really trying to basically, you know, uh, not we're not trying to be the hundred million dollar daily wire projects or the multi-billion dollar Hollywood industry doing those massive projects. What we're trying to do is start a grassroots movement of uh low budget independent punk rock artists is really the goal so we do that by finding these artists who can make really great stuff uh at a low cost and we go in there and you fund in the you're funding the show and once the show is funded it'll either stream immediately or go into production um so some of the content's already made and it streams one as soon as it's funded and then others uh will begin production the artists will update you uh throughout the process of making the content um and and so that's really the main thing to do is just go uh, to lore, sign up, create an account, um, spend your monthly subscription, um, funding all the content, um, and then find the shows you really like and tell other people about it and get them to join too. Um, so, you know, that's how you create a movement. <laughs> I, I want to uh, very strongly endorse the labors of a uh, lore TV, uh, the works of, uh, uh, CO Marcus Pittman, who has put a lot of effort and thought to this, and I know he has surrounded himself with some pretty uh, funny and uh, wonderfully talented men and, uh, and women. I'm really grateful for the work of Lord TV. Marcus, I want to thank you so much for joining us, the Perspectivalist. 